What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton, and this is Thrillist Best Podcast. It's a big episode today. Big day for everyone. It's our season two premiere. Although this is a weekly podcast, so it almost doesn't even matter. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, big day for me. Real quick, I want to encourage everyone out there to leave a review wherever you're listening to this. Look, I'm going to start shouting out the weird things people say on our reviews, so try it out. Tune in next time. I might just call you out. But anyway, today's episode is admittedly a little different. Uh, Given the state of the world, given the state of this podcast, we've left our studio in Soho for my kitchen in Brooklyn, New York. So once again, if you hear neighbors yelling, birds chirping, or the soothing sounds of my girlfriend watching Tiger King in the background, I'm sorry, we're all doing our best. All right, so in that vein, today, we're going to be talking to people all over the world from all walks of life to see how they are adjusting to working from home. We've got adult performers, weed dealers, preschool teachers, and just regular people from Italy and Hong Kong. Personally, I felt a lot better speaking with all of these people, hearing what their world is like, how they're feeling. Uh, you know, it's, it's a scary time, honestly. But one thing is definitely true, that everyone on this planet is in this together, and I hope that sentiment and this episode in some small way makes you feel a little more connected to everyone and everything else out there going through the same thing. Okay, that's my spiel. First up, on the first day of shelter in place a couple weeks ago, I called my weed delivery service uh, for obvious reasons. So in New York, it is definitely still illegal to sell and buy weed, but it's pretty easy to find. Not that big of a secret. If you've watched High Maintenance, uh, my delivery service is pretty much like that. Uh, I suspected business would be booming for them, and I was right. Here's what happened. Just don't mention it, uh, obviously. Certainly, I won't. Um, okay, so have you seen an uptick in the amount of people ordering weed while, you know, all of this is going on? Uh, yesterday was probably the busiest day as a company we've ever had, by a good margin, I'd say. Really? And how long have you been doing this for? Uh, me, personally, now almost five years. Wow, that's a long time. Yeah. And um, do you guys plan to stay open during the course of all of this craziness? Uh, we do. Um, you know, I think as a black market business, slightly, it's almost impossible to close and then come back and have any business at all. Um, and as uh, also in the same token, with the uptake in business, it's kind of hard to turn that away. So I think we will be open for the foreseeable future. Awesome. Lots of people just want to stay home and get high, right? Uh, you know, I think when you work from home it's and people cooped up in the house, a lot, lack of sports, lack of entertainment, I think, you know, uh, definitely will lead to more people smoking for sure. Awesome. Uh, just a side note real quick. As of today, April 1st, the delivery service is still up and running and they are busier than ever. Okay, so there are other industries that are booming during the pandemic. Uh, everyone's at home, everyone's super horny, and apparently everyone is going on OnlyFans. So we talked to Laura Lux. She's an adult model with millions of followers on social media. She's also not a cam girl. I made that mistake. I learned my lesson. But anyway, she's great, and she's got some great insight here. Hello? Hey, is this Laura? Yes. Hey, this is Will from Thrillist. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm good. Yeah. What have you been up to? Um, today, I, I've actually been fostering a pregnant cat. 
that was astray and she had her babies at five o'clock this morning. So I have been on kitten duty all day. 5 a.m. birth? Uh-huh. That's crazy. <laughs> so you've been up since then? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I oh had two God. hours sleep last night because <laughs> I saw that she'd gone into labor. So I think I just kind of took little naps and then around five she started having the baby. So I got up and I've been up since then. So Laura... I know that you're a cam girl. For people listening out there who don't know what that entails, uh, can you give a brief explainer about what your job is like, what you do? Um, I wouldn't really call myself a cam girl. I have done... I'm sorry. I didn't handful. know. I didn't know that was... Oh, no, that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I've done like a handful of um, feature shows for a webcam site, which um, I I did that for about... I did like one show a month for I think like six months um, and I don't do that anymore. Uh, that was fine, but those sites are 99% hardcore porn and I only shoot topless content. Mm, so okay. I was a little um, out of my depth on those websites. Like I had obviously like just an avalanche of people constantly making requests for things that I don't do. So it just kind of felt a little redundant for me to be on there. Um, but my job is OnlyFans. So I have my own subscription page that people can subscribe to, basically my Instagram, Twitter followers, whatever. Um, it's where they can go to see the stuff that I would get deleted if I posted on Instagram. Yeah, totally. Um, so, well, thank you for explaining that. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to cause any offense or anything like that. I didn't know about the oh, labels. No, no, I didn't know I, the site. No offense, okay. no offense taken at all. Like, People, it's a common assumption that people make when you are on OnlyFans. Like, um, people, I get a lot of people that subscribe to mine and are just like, is that it? I'm like, sorry, I never <laughs> said I did porn. <laughs> sure. So, on OnlyFans, <laughs> is it is it something where it's a, it's a, it's kind of a one-on-one thing where people can uh, connect with you, you know, individually? Or is it more something where you make a video and you show it to people that are like part of a group? You can post pictures and videos. They expire after 24 hours. Um, and then there's also a inbox feature. So my income mostly, like my subscription price is quite low. Mm-hmm. So my content on the timeline is like, uh, you know, pictures of me topless, but kind of holding something over my boobs. And, you know, I'll put occasional topless pictures on my story. Uh, but the bulk of my content, like if I actually sit down and like, you know, have full hair and makeup done and I shoot like a high res, a high res video or something, um, there's a function where you can mass message every single person who subscribed to you and you can send out a picture, multiple pictures, a video, whatever. And then you set a price between, I think it's between three and I think the maximum is $200, but I've never spent anything for that much. Oh, wow. Um, I never really knew. I'm not just saying this because my mom listens to this podcast, but I never really knew how that worked. <laughs> I've heard about it, but uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not involved. So I guess, you know, the que- a big question I want to ask you is, have you seen this service, uh, you know, both from your own perspective and just being in the industry, uh, increase as people have been working from home and this pandemic has been uh, putting a lot of people into solitary confinement in a way? Uh, honestly, yeah, it has. um I have sort of, I've been pretty lazy this month. I mean, I've been distracted with other things and um, I am still pretty much 
making exactly the same as what I made last month and I'm putting in maybe like 50% of the effort. And I've seen a lot of other girls saying that it's been exploding for them as well. But at the same time, we are seeing a massive influx of people who are out of work Mm -hmm. and are like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to do this now. So I would be really interested like to see the stats in how many new creator accounts have been made on OnlyFans for the last in the last like week or two. Because a lot of people are signing up kind of like, okay, like I guess I'm just gonna sell nudes online because the restaurant I serve at is closed. Wow. I, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I know I was thinking more from like a consumer perspective, but I I I'm sure that you're right. Like all of these also, like all all the clubs, pretty much anything that relies on people coming in every mm-hmm. day will be closed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of girls who work in strip clubs are going to go, okay, well, I guess it's only fans now. Um, I've been getting a lot of messages from friends, acquaintances, like random Instagram followers just being like, hey, can you like give me advice on how to start OnlyFans? So. I think there's definitely an influx, but at the same time, we are seeing an influx of customers because everyone's so fucking bored. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, guess I'm gonna guess I'm gonna sign up for OnlyFans because like I got nothing else to look at. Yeah, I guess you know, like when when you talk about strip clubs that have closed, like I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not and never have been um, an exotic dancer, I have to say. I don't think I have the looks for it, but, you know, who's to say? <laughs> different strokes, different strokes. I, would, I would feel like maybe I would rather do, you know, work out of my home and, and work that way instead of being at a club. You, I mean, like, what are some of the drawbacks from just doing this kind of stuff online? I've done both, um, and I 100% prefer working online. Um, I find it, I mean, I work. I worked for nearly 10 years in strip clubs and like the toll, the physical toll that that took on my body, like just having to be physically active in six inch stilettos for eight to 10 hours, four nights a week. Like (laughs) I I was saying to my friend the other day, like I look back on it now and I'm like, man, I did not appreciate how fit I was back then. But at the same time with strip clubs, if you keep it quiet, there's no proof that you ever did it. So if you're someone who's in college to be like a teacher or something and you go strip in another city, it's kind of like no one's ever going to find out. But the second you put nudes online, you have to understand that they are out there forever. Right. And they can come back to haunt you and there's nothing you can do about it. Like you, you have to put yourself very, very out there if you want to make a significant amount of money doing only then. Aside from aside from working, which I know you can do uh, from your home, which is really awesome, and you can continue making money and engaging with your fans, and um, you know also uh, fostering cats that are giving birth. What else are you doing to stay sane during this whole period where we're kind of by ourselves? I am playing so much Animal Crossing. Oh, me too. <laughs> like, Same. I am just fishing and picking fruit and having a lovely time. <laughs> so that's like all I've been doing. You know what the you know what the worst part is like every human being could live like that really there's no there's all uh-huh. there's nothing really stopping us if everyone was just cool for a little bit we could live on a, we could live and just like 
fish and pick apples and not worry about anything else. And the people that we borrow we money from. We don't need a landlord like we don't need a landlord like Pondok. Yeah, no interest, say. like no restrictions on when we have to pay him back. Right, and the world would be a much better place. I think、so, um, this was a great conversation, and I really I'm I'm so glad that you were able to take time and、uh, talk to us about this. And I hope your cat、uh, and her children. Turn out well, and I, I hope I hope your Animal Crossing island turns out well too. Thank you so much. Awesome, yeah. We should do this again sometime、um, under more normal circumstances. Come back and talk about、uh, anytime. Some of your I'm always down to do podcasts, so just let me know. Awesome. Thanks so much, Laura. I appreciate you talking to us. Cool. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Next up, changing gears a little bit.、Uh, here's my mom. I'm calling my mom. I know I did. Come on, I'm recording. Okay, limited noise. Okay. Hi, Will. Hey, mom. What's going on? That's why you sound so down. Well, because I'm trying to be a little quiet. Dad's on call. I'm working in the dining room. He's working in his office. You sounded like you were. What's up? You sounded like you were sad to hear me at first. No. Um, I'm recording you. I'm recording this call. I have to tell、okay. you, for le, it's for uh, you know, it's illegal. It's not not to tell someone. So you teach preschool. I do. I teach three and four year olds, and、uh, it's been quite. It's been quite an assignment to do this. Have you, ever, have you ever done it before? Like you, you don't you don't do this regularly, right? It's not like an option. No, I I have not. I I I think I'm technically savvy, but I don't think I am anymore. I used everyone used to come to me and ask me how to do things at school, and、uh, I could always put things on their email or put up YouTube videos for them on their smart boards. But now I have to do everything from home. And when you teach three and four year olds, it's really hard not to be really、uh, right across from their eyes, so they can see you and touch you and and、uh, notice when you're looking at them and when you're not, and when they're、uh, you know getting in someone else's face and when they're not. It's been it's been really an experience. Well, like, how do you do it? Is it one at a time, or do they all? Because I've seen some college, you know, university big classes. They just kind of go in a big conference call and have a lecture, but that's not really the kind of stuff you do. No, well, it, no. So what I'm doing is, I'm doing something called Loom, and it's a video. I'm sure you know what it is. I、yeah. never knew what it was, but it's a video, and I'm really taking about every day thirty minutes. And I'm doing a circle time, and I'm pretending I'm right. You know, I'm right with them on the circle. In fact, someone sent me a video, and he was actually sitting. He had to do it on. We had to listen to me sitting on the floor like we usually do. Right. And、um, so I'm just, you know, doing everything from the very beginning. We do the calendar to、um, I'm pretending to ask them questions. I'm making sure I do everyone's name.、Uh, I'm doing the calendar. I'm doing our、uh, songs that we do. I'm doing.、Um, Wait, so are they? Are they like you know? You said you use Zoom. Are they like live watching you, 
live doing this? No, it's not Zoom. It's Loom. So their mothers uh, or fathers can go on and just see on their uh, Parent Square the Loom video I'll have on their Watch Circle Time uh, Wednesday, April 1st. And they click on it, and it's actually, so it's not live. So they can do it at any time during the day. And they can pick, or they can do three circle times in a row, or they can just at nine o'clock in the morning click when they would usually see me, and they're doing we're doing circle time. And then also, what I've been doing is the Zoom video, just like you just said. We've been doing Zoom meetings, and it's pretty funny with uh, twelve three-year-olds and me on there on the screen in those little, you know, squares talking to me and they're all talking together and they're showing me their dresses and they're, you know, showing me their masks and they're, it's, it's pretty funny. It sounds pretty chaotic to have all of those, you know, little kids talking on video chat at the same time. It's hard enough when we have meetings, you know, with eight or nine adults. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's, it's really fun and it's good for me to see their faces again, because that's what I miss. They're seeing me every day, but I don't get to see them. So uh, it's it's an experience. It's really funny. One of the mothers took a shot of us all having uh, this, this Zoom meeting. So you see all the little squares and all their little faces, and it's it's a really cute picture. So, but uh, you know, it's it's been it's a lot of work. I want to tell you, it is a lot of work. Oh, I know what I was going to say. Uh, do you ask them to like, share, and subscribe the video when it ends? Do I ask them to what? To like, share, subscribe, comment at the end of the video. Oh, well, yeah, the, down at the bottom of Parent Square, where the videos are, there's, there's comments or um, appreciate or, like I said, if I see the pictures, that they send me pictures and videos then I know that they're engaging in it. You know, um, that's about, that's about all. That's actually pretty nice. I was just kidding. Cause that's what all, you know, the YouTubers do that you have to do at the end of the video. Oh yeah. There's yeah. no comments. Thank goodness <laughs> down there. Except, except I know them all. So if they comment, the kids can't comment. So if the parents are commenting, you know, they, unless they had their own little, uh, chat board on this parent square which they might have i don't know i don't even want to know actually but <laughs> i'm sure they like it i'm sure you do a really good job and everybody likes well mrs fulton i can send you one if you want <laughs> uh sure yeah no no i don't think so <laughs> okay no fine. no you would really make fun of it no but, i wouldn't uh, i don't think i would okay okay well thanks for talking to me i'll talk to you later when we're not recording Okay. All right, Willie. I love you. I love you too, Mom. Thanks. Bye. Bye, honey. Okay, bye. Okay, now we're going to call Raffaella. She's living in Italy, and she's a complete stranger. Let's see what her life is like right now. I'm going to call her on WhatsApp. Yes? Hey, this is Will uh, Fulton from Thrillist. Hi. Nice talking to you. Hey, how, how are you? Thanks for, um, thanks for offering to uh, pick up our calls. <laughs> Of course, of course. It's some entertainment for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, how are you? First question. I'm okay, after all. And I'm okay. What about you? I'm okay. Um, it, it's about 10.30 here, so I woke up 
a little while ago. I'm drinking some coffee. Are you, are you, are you home? Are you working from home? I'm working from home, yeah. And as I, under- ah, okay. as I understand it, you're working from home too. So what, what region in Italy do you live in and did you grow up in Italy? Yes, I was born in Chiavari, which is a town uh, lying on the Mediterranean Sea near Portofino. Mm. Portofino, the small uh, VIP fishing uh, town uh, that is worldly recognized. So I always say I live nearby there. I know what you mean. Usually. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I grew up here. I moved uh, to the U.S. Uh, when I was 28. So I became a U.S. citizen uh, later on. Then I moved back two years ago. And I'm here now. Um, in the same town I lived in Milan and Parma for a while so I've been uh, moving a lot but this is where I'm from and where I grew up I heard Parma is really beautiful the school I went to had a like study abroad program there ah yes I I study law in Parma it's a beautiful uh, university town lots of people in Italy they move to Parma it's like an open uh, uh, campus you rent your apartment, and uh, the city is full of uh, young people because of that. Lots of uh, nice uh, schools. Yeah, nice. yeah. It sounds like Myrtle Beach in America. No, I'm just kidding. Ah, no, I was ah, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can you explain kind of uh, when and how the lockdown started for you? For me, the lockdown started earlier than the actual nationwide lockdown, as well as for all the other family with kids, depending on when the school started closing down. When you have no school, basically you are in lockdown. So mm-hmm. for me, it has been over a month. So it's um, at the moment, people are following the strict guidelines we had a new law decree recently, two days ago, that um, took effect uh, with stricter measure, like up to 3,000 euro penalty. Wow. Uh, there are a lot of police in the street. A lot of my friends have been stopped and asked several questions. So they want to know, and you have to fill out the paper saying exactly where are you going, why, it has to make sense. They check. And uh, basically, you can only go for grocery, pharmacy, uh, emergency. Like, there is no any other way you can go to work because of an emergency. Otherwise, everybody needs to stay home. Yeah, well, what you know, so I, I live in New York. I live in Brooklyn. And right now, we have uh, a shelter-in-place order, which basically means... We have to stay home as well. But, uh, you know, some of the same rules apply where if we leave our homes, we're supposed to be going to get groceries or seeing a loved one or seeing someone sick. But we can also walk or ride a bike um, to get exercise. No, 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 no. We cannot. You you can't? No, no, no. They put it especially in this because they changed the law a few times. It went stricter and stricter because they saw people going, running, going, jogging. So they put it in writing that you are not allowed and they actually close many parks, many parks, and you cannot. And if you are, I'm near the beach. You would wonder, you go to the beach, yeah. an open space, nobody's there. They come with a helicopter to put 
to push people away. They close the beach. You cannot go anywhere. Well, what's, so is it like, you know, it, since you're allowed to go to the pharmacy or the grocery store, do you or other people find yourselves going to the grocery store a lot? You know, like, because I mean, I, I try to take a walk every day during this uh, containment period. And I, I feel like I kind of have to to keep sane. And I feel like I would just keep making excuses to go pick up the pharmacy. Like, oh, I forgot to get uh, Q-tips. I forgot to get... It breaks down. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, now yes. What did you say? What I was saying is like, um, you know, I, if, if I was in that situation, I take walks every day here because, you know, I want to just get outside and get fresh air. Do you find yourself making excuses to go to the grocery store or the pharmacy? Like, yeah, they do. They yeah. do, but they check and they get, for example, dogs. They said they found dogs that they were so tired, you know, because yeah. they were putting... They, you can walk your dog. So people are going out with the dog trying to, they find excuses, but they find out because we, there are a lot of small provincial and little towns and you cannot move from one town to another town. But mm-hmm. for, for example, my next town is only one street away. So every time you change zip code is in New York, it's like changing town yeah. here. So they check. So the grocery store needs to be the closer one to your apartment. And you cannot take the dogs out more than a certain amount of time. And there are a lot of police around, so they see. So people are giving up on doing that. Also because of the penalty. Yeah. Many people have been fined. Uh, it's not worth it. What did you say the penalty was, the monetary penalty for? 3000 3, For now, it's 3000 but they're thinking about raising for more money. For now, it's 3000 3000 euro. That's a lot. I think that's that's about, what, uh, like $3,200 yes. just about? Yeah. Yes, that's, yes, exactly. That's, is that, that's just one time being out without a reason. Yeah, there wow. are people that they found more than one. They found someone that was already up to... 9,000, 12,000, because they found someone more time doing the same thing, they kept giving the penalty. So it's just for one time. If you do it again, they give it to you again. Uh, yes. Uh, so what do you do? What's your line of work? But I try to uh, learn uh, cooking because I never spend a lot of time cooking. Yeah. So it's quite time. I'm trying to cook as much as I can to keep... Uh, Myself and the kids entertain. Mm-hmm. I'm doing some workout routine by myself, stretching, uh, a little meditation, a little yoga if I have five minutes here and there. Uh, trying to be a teacher for my kids, which is the worst. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> Why? So, <laughs> because it's very deep. They don't want to do anything with me. Yeah. Yes, they are two against one, which is me. And they don't want to do things with me. I, at least my kids. Other kids maybe are different. <laughs> uh, so you have to be a teacher, pretty much. Yeah, of course. Cook, teacher, cleaner, work from home because I have a job too. So I have to, to work. But even focusing these days is difficult. Besides the fact you have the kids running around, plus the news all day, sure. people that you know that get sick, it's difficult to focus. So. Yeah, I think that's important too because people people are online are saying you know oh let's we can take all this time to hey you should 
write a book or write a screenplay or do all this. But exactly. It's, it's, it's like no one's just sitting around. And if we are, it's like we're totally glued to the news feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, became, I became obsessed. It's like obsessive compulsive. I have to check every second what's going on everywhere. What's happening in South Korea? Who is dying in Germany? It's like it's 90% of my attention has been on the news. Oh, Not, my God not reading anything else. So you mentioned your, your actual job that you're trying to work from. What is your, besides the new role of teacher and cleaner and You, cook? you know, <laughs> it, I, it's funny because I was thinking about it yesterday. <laughs> I, I graduated in law. I became a lawyer. I worked as a lawyer for six, seven years in Italy. Then I moved to New York. I wanted to, you know, adventure, whatever. I was thinking yesterday. Now I'm finding myself sitting at home doing HR global research <laughs> from Italy for my boss that is in Lincoln, Nebraska, that wants to know how is the HR employment labor law in New Zealand. What What is the general mood like um, in your area, at least, in Italy in right my, now? In, in Italy, I'm receiving 20, 30 funny video on my WhatsApp Mm-hmm. People are trying to be, to take it lighter, singing, even if it's a tragedy, but it's like the Titanic that was sinking and people were playing. So yeah. we try to keep uh, until the, the, the last moment of each day in a better shape we can, obviously, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit of a, a dark humor. It's sarcastic, it's dark, it's dark. <sighs> uh, it's alternating moment of you have the message, uh, my ankle is in the hospital, a friend that is sick, and at the same time, people that are trying to um, stay uh, optimistic and trying to laugh, uh, to make it a little lighter. So you, you have been, Italy in general is a few weeks ahead, at least of the U.S., and you've been kind of working at home and juggling all these duties for about a month. Do you have any advice for people that are listening out there that are still adjusting to working from home, how they can stay sane, how they can stay, you know, productive and they, you know, what would you say to those people? But I'd like to say to those people uh, not to miss what they were bitching about until the day before mm-hmm. because we forget. And uh, to really try to spend some time, even forcing people to, to spend some quality time. I know it's difficult to call it quality time when you have your kids in front of you, non-stop, 24 hours, 7. <laughs> but I noticed, for example, with my daughter, some changes already in the relationship by spending more time. Because she was jealous of the brother. I see that now by cooking. I never cooked with my daughter for example, never. Six years, I never had time. I know it's bad. I was doing other things, but not cooking together. Mm-hmm. So I think this is going to last. I mean, even if we go out again tomorrow, it's something that I want to keep doing it later because yeah. I found it. So I'm sure for each one, there is something new to discover that otherwise it would have been impossible just to stop. I would have never stopped on a beautiful sunny day to stay home and cook. Right, yeah. But, so, because I was forced to do things, so every day I'm trying to think, maybe today I learn something new um, about 
something about myself or my family. Uh, thinking about what to do with your life, what you like, you will discover new things. Even, you don't have to sit around and think about it. They will just come because your brain thinks, even if you don't know. Like, what am, am I on the right path? Am I doing the right things? Am I spending enough time on what I really like? And you will discover who are the important people because you will see who you talk the most, who is helping you the most, who is calling you the most. It's like the moment of the truth. You are with the people you have chosen to leave. So in case you had doubts about a relationship, you might end up uh, being happier or getting divorced. Or either way, it's going to be the moment of the truth for many people. And um, so there are good things about every aspect. So by being home, stuck home, there are a lot of things we can answer now yeah that was a great answer and i appreciate those words of wisdom and uh, i appreciate you taking time i know you're busy juggling all of these duties no, but i like i like communicating i i mean like everybody we need to be in contact and uh, it's normal i'm grateful you gave me the opportunity to talk and say what's happening here and um I hope we can all stay strong together, united and positive. Uh, the world has seen people fighting for worse case than being home with our family, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, we should complain a bit less, shut up and wait. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> I agree with you there. And I thank you and I hope that uh, you stay stay you stay sane, you stay healthy and uh Thank you everything so much. Out. I hope the same for everyone, really. I hope the same for everyone. Awesome. Thank you, Rafael. Th- Thanks thank so much. Thank you so much. Th- thank you. Okay, bye. 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 All right, now we're going to call Anna. She lives in Hong Kong. She's another complete stranger. Again, we want to see what life is like on the other side of the world, and I'm going to use WhatsApp because it's free. Hello? Hi, is this Anna? Yeah, hi. Hey, this is Will from Thrillist. Hi, Will. Yeah, Debbie told me you'd be calling. Yeah, how are you? Good, good. How, um, yeah, how are you? How are things over there? <laughs> <laughs> They're okay. It's It's pretty... It's, uh, you know, it's the morning here, so I'm eating, I, I'm just, like, having some toast and drinking coffee, so it's, it's, it's pretty late in Hong Kong, right? Well, it's, like, it's, like, 12 hours apart, so it's, like, it's 10 a.m., I'm sorry, 10 p.m. now, and, um, just about to head to bed. How long have you been in lockdown in Hong Kong for? So, um, basically, ever since Chinese New Year, so... Um, Chinese New Year was actually the last week of January, first week of February. Mm-hmm. So, um, just went on vacation and then when we came back, uh, I came back to Hong Kong and then, um, was told that we're going to start working from home. And so I've been working from home now for about almost two months now. <laughs> wow. Um, in between, we did try to like last week, we, we tried to go back to work and we had uh, work rotations. So, you know, like um, Team A will come to the office on Monday, Wednesday. Team B will come on Tuesday, Thursday, that kind of rotation. 
But I think um, last week, because there was another uptake mm. of cases in Hong Kong, yeah. So we scrapped that and back to like full time working from home. So, and I'm ex- I, I'm I'm thinking it will probably be um, working from home for another month. So like three months at home. <laughs> yeah, man. So you that's actually really interesting. You went back to work and then there was another spike in cases. So they decided to scrap that plan and um, now you're back. Were you excited to go back to work physically? Yeah, I was excited, you know, you know, when you're stuck at home for too long, you kind of like feel like there's mold growing on you. Like you you just like you want to you're seeing the same four walls, you're seeing the same setup. And and so it's but, you know, um, I've been, you know, motivating and our team has been trying to motivate ourselves to work. We we have like these um, virtual Skype um, meetings and Skype lunches and sometimes we just call each other and not say anything but be knowing that the person is on the other end of the line helps you know keep us motivated uh to work (laughs) wait so you so we do yeah we've been doing a lot of video calls too but you say you're saying that you will call one of your coworkers and not talk to them really or not for a meeting and just kind of have them up in the computer just kind of like they're in the same room yeah that's yeah Yeah. (laughs) okay i've never heard of that yeah so (laughs) Like we'll, we'll just keep each other on the call, like and for the for the whole afternoon, and um, we don't mute ourselves. So just hearing the other person like shuffling or breathing, and once in a while I'll be like, "Oh, I found something interesting. I'll send it to you." Like it feels like you know that person is kind of next to you in a way. Uh-huh. So yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. I never even thought of that. I don't know though. Are you are you ever like? you know, I don't want this person seeing me pick my nose or something because you think you're alone, but then they're really on the webcam. Not that you pick your nose. I'm just using that as an example. <laughs> well, no, like we actually turn our webcams off. So I don't, we don't oh, see okay. each other. We just hear each other. Like kind of like now, like the podcast kind of thing. Like we, we just hear each other and it, it feels like, you know, you're not working alone. <laughs> so you, yeah, I mean... You guys are a few months ahead of us with this. I think that most of the country that is able to work from home has been working from home for the past, I don't know, the past couple weeks, really. And uh, how how was your process? Like, what were you thinking, like, the first uh, month, I guess, and then the second month? Did it get better? Did it get harder? So in Hong Kong, back in 2003, 2004, mm-hmm. we actually experienced SARS okay. uh, once, and it was also a, a form of coronavirus, I, I think, or it, it's like SARS, basically. Yeah. Yes. And I think because we experienced that, people were much more um, alert and much more reactive to when there was the um, the news that there was the first case in Hong Kong. So, so immediately, people, you know, wore masks. They it was kind of interesting because I'm seeing what's happening in the U S now. And it's like kind of exactly what, like some of the things I've seen, like I've, I've experienced like a month ago, which was like a lot of people going to the grocery stores, hoarding, there was this little panic mode going right. on. But after the, after the first month and the cases kind of died down, people were a bit more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And, um, but now this second wave is not, is a slightly different because this second wave is actually coming from imported cases. 
So oh, right. people okay. who are, yeah. So most of the cases are actually people who um, are abroad and came back to Hong Kong. So you have, in general, you have people who, students who finished their study abroad in um, the UK, and these students are coming back to Hong Kong. Or you would have, um, like, people who... Um, just traveled on vacation and then came back to Hong Kong. So, so this second wave is, is a little bit more interesting. Um, and um, there's a little bit of like a sentiment in Hong Kong where it's like, oh, um, uh, you know, people coming back in should, should also be more concerned about the situation. Yeah, um, for sure. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's and like... they have to wear wristbands. Yeah. So they have to wear these quarantine wristbands. Mm. But there are already a, a lot of cases where people have cut off the wristband um, and went out and broke their quarantine time. <laughs> I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and this time around, because it's been so long, people are not as concerned about, they're still concerned about, you know, health and the, the aspect that you get sick. I think it's just very important for, for everyone to just maintain the three basic rules. We have, we call it like the three basic rules. Basically it's, um, wash your hands, Mm -hmm. wear a mask and don't touch your face and nose. Yeah. I mean, so that's interesting too, because we, I would say there are definitely people like in New York city where I live wearing masks and had been wearing masks for the past few weeks, but we have such a shortage of masks, like with our medical community that it's almost, you know, it's not, I wouldn't say frowned upon, but it's like, I don't know. It's complicated. Cause sometimes you see someone with a mask that's just kind of walking around and then you're like, you know, I've read all of these stories and I've heard from doctors, friend, doctor friends that there's a shortage of masks. So it just seems like that's a different, you know, culture, right? Yeah. I think that's a, a very interesting thing to point out. So, so about wearing masks. So um, even when we didn't have this coronavirus, whenever anyone gets sick, it's, it, you know, it's a, it's a cultural thing that you wear a mask. Yeah. And the reason for wearing a mask, I think there's a little bit more emphasis here in Asia. Um, wearing a mask here is not really to, you know, the reason is not to avoid, you know, getting people who are sick and getting their droplets onto your face. It's actually the opposite. It's mm. actually to prevent your own droplets going on to anyone else. So the thing about the coronavirus is that you can be, you can have no symptoms at all and still have it. So by wearing a mask, you can prevent, if you do have it, you can kind of protect yourself. Uh, sorry, not yourself, protect people around you in, right. a, in a way. Right. Um, and and about the supply of the mask, yeah. Like so, the first, like, uh, like uh, when the first thing actually happened, people were like buying masks and and everything. Sure. In general, the supply of masks in in Hong Kong, um, it's common to buy masks for when you're sick, anyways. But it couldn't meet the demand. And like you say, like some of the um, medical community were having trouble sourcing them. But after the first few weeks, um, we started to see a lot more. Um, different companies either importing from different countries or there's actually a very famous um, online grocery store in Hong Kong called HGTV Mall and the owner actually bought a mask-making machine and imported it all the way to Hong Kong. 
cultural dif- difference I've noticed too mm. in my in my group of friends and also with I have some friends who are a bit more local some who are a bit more international yeah and yeah so the reason behind wearing the mask and is it really effective you know it's debated a lot and I see it a lot but um in Hong Kong too if, if for me myself you know if, if I go out and I don't wear a mask the thing is though 99% of the people are so I'm like the black sheep, yeah. right? If, if I go out there, people are like looking at me like, oh my God, this girl, you know, what is she doing? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's so, it's so, just, yeah. it's so different, you know, like, kind of like I was saying, like, you know, it's not, I don't want to say frowned upon, but I feel like it kind of is like some, I think people kind of, especially, you know, a few weeks ago, people were kind of giving side eyes to people in the subway that were wearing masks. It's, that's really fascinating though. And that's like why, you know, it's, yeah, it's nice to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's completely opposite. Like in the subway, if you don't wear a mask, then people will look at you weird and actually like record you and like give you that, oh my God, what this girl, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, you know, someone, as someone who has been doing this for a few months and someone who's actually been through a similar situation before, what kind of advice or tips could you give to people listening, particularly here in the West that are, you know, experiencing this for the first time and maybe in the first stages of their first time? Hmm. Um, um, and, you know, keeping yourself safe is not just for yourself, it's for the whole community. I hope so, Also, um, you know, don't forget to, you know, if you're stuck at home, don't forget to still, you know, find some fun things to do. Like, um, you know, me and my friends have been playing, you know, games on our phones. Um, I don't know if you heard, but Mahjong is very popular in Hong Kong. Do you know what game that is? I do. My mom used to play it on the computer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mahjong is like traditional Mahjong is like four people and you have Mahjong's house. It's like the best way to spread germs. So (laughs) definitely don't, you know, don't try not to do that. Instead, you know, play online Mahjong. <laughs> do you think uh, um, do you think more people are going to shift to playing just just only online after after this? Honestly, um, yes, there'll be more people playing online. But I think after this is over, um, even I'm missing you know actually seeing people and playing with people. Right. So uh, yeah, so I think after this is over, people are going to be, be even more crazy and start having more mahjong sessions with everyone. So yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering what what the general vibe is like in Hong Kong right now. You know, like with you and your friends and just the people you interact with, like what what is the spirit like? Are are, are things really negative? Are, are people trying to stay optimistic and kind of supporting each other? Uh, what would you say about that? Um, I would say um, definitely cautious, but not as panic as initially uh-huh. um but it is a fact and the data does show that the cases like you know just the past few days have been have been increasing mm-hmm. which is not a good sign yeah um but i think we are prepared and i think um the general vibe is that you know we you know just be be very cautious about this and um I would say it's not, you know, totally optimistic yet, but um, people are doing everything they can. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, you know, if you go to restaurants in Hong Kong, you know, a lot of them would have these um, 
what do you call those those laser thermometers? Yeah. To check your temperature even before you go in. And when you do go in, because everyone wears masks, the restaurants would provide little plastic bags or little bags for you to or envelopes to, to let you put your mask in. Okay. Um, while you're eating. And then um they also provide hand sanitizers and everything like that. So in every place that you go, uh, what's wherever you go with the stores, um, they're very they're being very accommodating, um, and um, they are prepared for the virus, giving you hand sanitizers, giving you places to put your mask. Um, and some of the restaurants too, while they don't have a lot of foot traffic anymore, they're switching and adapting to um, deliver um, deliver food to your home. Right. So, yeah, one thing about Hong Kong is that people adapt and people are very hustle here. So, <laughs> so um, I think that's a good thing. We're seeing more options of like, you know, um, different serv- services are adapting to the situation. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think we can go get through this. And after a few more months, hopefully we can go out and, uh, yeah, have yeah, this was great, and I really appreciate you sharing your viewpoint and telling us, you know, what it's like in Hong Kong right now. Because I think it's important to know that we're all in this together, and this isn't just something that's affecting us as a country or us individually. It's, it's people all over the world are dealing with it, so it's kind of comforting to hear all of these different stories. No, well, yeah, yeah, um, it's it's interesting for me too to hear like you know what it's like there, and thank you for you know reaching out. And, um, yeah. Definitely. No, thank you. This was great. I know it's late, so uh, go to bed. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk to you later. Thanks a lot, Anna. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, finally, I'm going to call my own close friend, writer Jeremy Glass. He's going to help us end this on a positive note as he had something very special happen to him during the early days of the pandemic. Here's what he has to say. Dad, is that you? <laughs> hey, Jeremy. That was great. Now I can hear you very well. We wanted to talk about what you've been doing, Jeremy Glass, for like, you know, the past two weeks. Hell yeah. Well, it's been kind of a crazy few weeks. Um, how, how so? Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> my wife, my wonderful wife, had a baby uh, two weeks ago, uh, just a day or two before all hospitals kind of changed restrictions on who could visit and, uh, it was just insane. We had to send her parents home out of fear of them becoming infected from coronavirus. My parents couldn't come. We raised our baby, you know, for a couple of days in New York before, you know, escaping to New Hampshire. And uh, we've been doing that ever since. She's been, she's been, uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I lose my train of thought really easily. Baby. So I'm sure you can edit. Wait, yeah. Are you, are you, are you sleeping? Isn't that a thing? You have a baby, you don't uh, sleep? Yes, that, that is true. And you really can't nap either. I was thinking that I would take a lot of naps throughout this whole process, but it's not as easy as I thought it would be. This baby's uh, up a lot. But yeah, we've been uh, we've been raising our baby the past couple weeks, and it's been really nice, all things considered. Has it been? So you've kind of been isolating yourself anyway, not really. <laughs> Have you made contact with the yeah. outside world? Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is that, you know, quarantine and raising a child, there's not a huge difference. We haven't gone outside, and we probably wouldn't have gone outside anyway. What a time to have a baby. There's no, I mean, maybe there's no good time to have a baby, but certainly if there was, this wouldn't be it. <laughs> I would say the, better, the best time would have been 
like a month ago for this baby to be born. But yeah. you know, it's just not how it works, and and we're making do. And uh, you know, it's been great. It's been really nice. We're spending time together. We're building our family. We're just kind of getting to know each other. Me and my baby and my wife just <laughs> really learning a lot about each other. Well, you know your wife, right? You. I'm learning everything about her. <laughs> we, I'm learning things I've never known. <laughs> is your baby? I don't. I, we'll keep her anonymous. Um, Jeremy Glass's baby. Um, <laughs> is she there right now? Ruth. Yeah, Ruth. <laughs> she's sleeping right now. She's um she's on this really interesting schedule where she sleeps all day, and is up most of the night. Hmm. Uh, so right now she's just getting some rest before her blowout tonight. <laughs> but I mean blowout like emotionally and also poop wise. No, I've, I'm I'm the same way. Well, whatever. You know, I thought this could be her first podcast interview. Unless she was already... <laughs> surely this would have been her first. Maybe. Was she on Rogan last week? I don't know. She, yeah, she was really <laughs> like EMT. She was talking all about the God drug with Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> well, like uh, daughter, like... Fa- no, like father, like daughter. I guess that's what they say. I don't know. Like father, like daughter, like Joe Rogan. So it's been good. So, you know... Yeah. While, all this, while all this is going on, at least you, one small family, is bunkered down and raising a small child. It's honestly really nice just kind of doing this thing. We, you know, we're, we're very far from alone. We have a lot of support, but we also have, here's the cheesy part, we always have each other. Mm. That's really great. You know, I've got, I've got people to rely on. They can rely on me. We can hang out. It's never lonely. I will tell you that. And it's also fulfilling to actually help a person live and grow and breathe and, you know, poop. <laughs> right. So stressful, hey, but, so but hey, I think it's okay. We we wanted to end on a positive note here. So I was think. Was positive enough? No, it was. I mean, I, <laughs> I think so. It's a nice story. You guys had a baby in the middle of a pandemic and it turned out it okay so far. And it's given me a lot of stuff to write about. I mean, like I'm getting pitched a ton of baby stuff and that's really great. That's true. If anyone out there wants to <laughs> commission a story, where, where can they find you? Yeah, seriously, for real. Find me on Twitter at candyandpizza or candyandpizza.com. And you can call me. Um, but if you have my number, that's great. And if you don't, <laughs> don't call me. I, know, I don't think we should give out your number on this. <laughs> give out my number. Let's see what happens. <laughs> well, Jeremy, thanks for helping us end this episode. And I wish you the best for you and your anonymously named family. And everyone out there, hire Jeremy to write a story about this. I'm around. I'm available. I've got a great little intern. She's about two weeks old. <laughs> she's real sweet and got the cutest little face. Too. Yeah. And she's been on Joe Rogan, too. She's she's a huge Rogan fan, and she's actually their new uh, on-premise coordinator. It's very complicated. I don't know how she got that job. Yeah. Man, the wonders of life, huh? <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jeremy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. For sure. All right. Bye-bye. You're the best. Good luck. You're the best. Thank you. You too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Okay. So all in all, we're still having babies. We're still watching naked people online. We're still smoking weed. We're still working out. And our three-year-olds are even still going to preschool. And we're still making podcasts, obviously. So I want to thank you guys for listening. And I want to encourage you to keep tuning in. We've got a lot of great stuff planned for this season. And I hope you take this ride with me. It's new. It's, it's obviously weird, but... We're going to make it work, and we're going to get through this together. This episode was produced by myself, Chaz Truslow, and Debbie Wong. The amazing Mia Fasky did research and provided numerous intangibles. 
Big thanks to Brett Kushner, Emily Fell, Jim D'Amico, Megan Kirsch, and iHeartRadio's Mangesh Hatsukudor. And last but certainly not least, big, big, big thanks to Dan Byrne, who mixed and edited this episode and listened to my voice for literal hours. I'm so sorry, Dan, but thanks for the fine work here. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and I hope to see you back next week. Or I'm not seeing you at all. Or I, or I can't t- I hope you hear me next week, I guess, is the best way to say that. Okay, bye. What I do.